Ladies and gentlemen in Radio Land, you have now just entered 4th Street. My name is Kobe. I'm Charles, not Charlie. I'm Charlie, not Charles. Don't mix us up. And Smooth Austin. And we are the 4th Street Sportsmen, and this is the 4th Street Sports Show. Today, we have a jam-packed show for y'all today, especially with some breaking news from our press conference from Southern Miss in the Sun Belt Conference. We have breaking news from that. Austin and Charles were here, and Dima Mixon, who's a part of the student prince, he should be stopping by soon to get his good take on it, too. And he's still down there yeah, at the fan still event. down there. Getting yes. some cake. <laughs> shout out to the freshmen. Yeah, so shout out, to, shout out to Dima. Also, we have, of course, we have our eagle eye, which I will pass it to Charlie in a minute, but we have our eagle eye. But then after we come back from break with the eagle eye, we will have our special get. We will interview our special guest in the building. She is the owner of the Gulf Coast Mine, Go, Gulf Coast Mineark. Excuse me, my bad. Stump, stumbling over my words. Miss Tyree Brown. Thank you for coming in on the show, Miss Brown. We're glad to have you. First non-Southern Miss interview, so we are. We're yep. very excited for that. So now I'm gonna pass it over to Charlie Latrell with the Eagle Eye. Yes, we got. Not too much to go over for our Eagle Eye recap because uh, students needed that fall break, right? But still, soccer and volleyball played this week. Starting with soccer, they kept their momentum going with a 2-0 victory at the University of Texas at El Paso. Senior Elise Campos struck twice for the Golden Eagles, tallying both goals for her team. And Ilana Izquierdo assisted on one score and Adara Nakano assisted on the next. Goalkeeper Kendall Minnick also added her fourth shutout of the season, and the Golden Eagles will now finish up their regular season with a home game this week, uh, Thursday, against the UTSA Roadrunners. Southern Miss still holds a game advantage over Rice as the number one team in the CUSA West with an 8-3-2 and and overall record and a 4-1-2 and and conference record. So, again, great job that the Golden Eagles on soccer have been doing. Just a tremendous season, and we're going to have to see – uh, where oh, absolutely. their postseason and, and, success and, uh, well, and let me tell you, if we wind up going on a run, on Ooh. God, I will travel to Boca Raton, Florida. We are going to go to Boca Raton. Well, you we got to go. Well, y'all speak for yourselves. I will be watching it on stream. Oh, okay. Get you we'll a free vacation, the bus. man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to volleyball. Volleyball didn't have as much luck on the road. They traveled to Rice this weekend and faltered to Oh and eight on the season away. The Golden Eagles lost its first first match to the Owls 3-0 and the second match 3-1. Outside hitter Mia Westley, though, in a losing effort, she had 25 kills in the second match. She's really been killing it lately. No yes, pun intended. Yeah, you, you, you stole my pun <laughs> yes, from earlier. I did, and we actually interviewed her yesterday. She was talking about these road uh, struggles that the team is having, and she said it's more of a coincidence. Um, but there is stuff that goes into it, like n- not having that energy that they get at home. Um, so we wish them the best luck as they return to the Wellness Center this week in their final matches of the regular season against La Tech. And those games are at Friday, 6 p.m., and Saturday, 2 p.m. for Senior Day. Also, Golden Eagles Cross Country, which has been led by junior Lena May's great performances, they will start their campaign for the CUSA Championships this Saturday in Charlotte, North Carolina. Best of luck to them. And Mr. Jack Duggan has been busy, so he hasn't gotten us the update yet, but he did send out 
a little release talking about men's golf who finished their first day at Black Creek yesterday, and they finished fourth. And as soon as we get that update, we'll put it on our social media. But that's been the Eagle Eye recap for this week. And also one more thing before we wrap up Eagle Eye. Our Golden Eagles will be returning to the field this week as they take on Middle Tennessee mm-hmm. um, in a conference USA play. Um, so hopefully the Eagles will try to bounce back um, from the loss they from the loss two weeks ago to UAB, and hopefully we um, get we get the W W this week. Yes, so. and Jake Lang will be starting at quarterback again. Thanks for uh, mention mentioning football. Um, a couple. Uh, News bits on that side. We've had a couple um, transfers, um, including Shirty yeah, Robinson yeah, and uh, Lamarck Davis. Yeah, yeah. And an interesting quote that Dima got from Coach Hall today is that Coach Hall said he isn't the first and won't be the last. So, unfortunately, we might see a couple more transfers yeah. from football. Yeah, it's, I think it's been approximately three now that transferred in mm-hmm. the last week or so uh, that entered the transfer portal. So, that's something to uh, keep an eye on. For the time being, well, as as he says, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. So we might we may get some some great prospects back in the future. But um, best best of luck to those gentlemen in their future Definitely. endeavors and where they uh, would like to go. Whether they whether it's junior college, D one, D two, or D three. So best of luck to those gentlemen. Um, but any but anyway, uh, we will be heading to commercial real quick. But when we come back, we will have our we will sit down with our special guest, Miss uh, Tyree Brown, who is the owner of the Gulf Coast Monarchy, what is a, which is a semi-pro team in the Women's Football Alliance. So, first non-Southern Miss guest today. It should be a, it should be an exciting one. So, once we come back from break, we will be sitting down with Miss Tyree Brown. This is the Four Street Sports Show, and this is Southern Miss Radio. Four Street Sports. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Fourth Street Sports Show. <laughs> okay, technical difficulties from Charlie over here. Welcome back to the Fourth Street Sports Show with Kobe, Charlie, Charles, and Smooth Voss. We have a special guest in the building today in, on Fourth Street. So, our special guest today is she is the owner of the Gulf Coast Monarchy, Miss Tyree Brown. Welcome to the Welcome show, to the show. Hey, Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's an honor just to be back here, man, to the top. To yes, the man. top. Absolutely. Now, well, you want to start off, Charlie? I just want to explain a little bit, and we're going to ask Ms. Brown about the WFA, but just for people that don't know, the WFA is the Women's Football Alliance, and they are the lar- largest, longest-running women's football or professional tackle league in the nation or in the world, too. Because American football, specifically right. in America, so they have Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three teams, and Miss Brown here is the owner of the Gulf Coast Monarchy, which is a Division Three team in the WFA. So uh, we just wanted to get your perspective. Um, could you explain for those who don't know how the WFA operates and what how your team is represented in the WFA? Absolutely. First off, I just want to say, man, it's an honor just to be here on today. And you actually had it right. It's Charlie, right? You actually had it right. It is in the nation. The WFA is one of the world's largest women professional tackle football leagues here in America. Um, And actually, we've just declared several teams that's international now. Um, So it is the world's largest growth for women's tackle football. And actually, it's the best. 
Um, we've been here, uh, here in the state of Mississippi. I started off about five years ago. Um, I started off with the Mississippi Royalty and then remerged, um, later merged over due to COVID uh, over to the Gulf Coast Monarchy. Um, we are declared as a Division Three team. Um, our goal is to be one of the Division One teams. Um, that's our goal. Um, Division One is your larger teams. Your, um, uh, your, your, all divisions are competitive, but that's pretty much deemed as being one of your most competitive leagues. Your Division One, then you have Division Two and Division Three. It's kind of like your developmental teams. Um, so we're just ecstatic just to be a part of this uh, world's largest alliance, which is the WFA. And just how did you get involved in the WFA? I know you said uh, five years ago, but did you have interest or ever saw yourself getting involved? And can you just describe when you first got involved, how things went? Really never had any interest as far as with uh, with football. Uh, one of my long-term long, long hobbies, I guess, um, was actually basketball. I graduated here from this amazing university back in the year of 2018 from the Humans Performance and Recreation Department. Um, so I've always wanted to be an administrator, maybe on a high school level, had an opportunity to, um, to start a flag football team here in Hattiesburg and from flag football. It later turned over to women's tackle football. Okay. And just you've been a part of the game for five years. A lot has happened in five years. Could you talk about how maybe you've seen the league grown or change since then? Man, I tell you, it's, 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 it's just growing. Uh, when I first started, I think we had approximately an estimate, maybe 62 teams. I mean, now we're, we're at about 68 or 70 teams. Um, and it's just, it, I mean, it's just amazing. And to see the big teams such as your Boston Renegades, um, they were actually flown on a plane with the New, uh, the New England Patriots. Um, and we're seeing some of these NFL owners actually standing behind these women teams. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a dream. It's a dream. And, and I'm just uh, uh, grateful and blessed enough to just have an opportunity to be a part of this, um, this, this great um, alliance. And the transition, I saw that on y'all's website. Um, you were part of the Addis, or the Mississippi Royalty um, back a couple years ago. Could you talk about the transition to the Gulf Coast Monarchy and what that rebranding is? The, the transition was one of uh, one of the most hardest decisions I've had to make in in five years of ownership with this um, um, with this team. The Mississippi Royalty was the first team that we had here. Um, that team actually made it to the quarterfinals one year, the semifinals, I think, or, or maybe quarterfinals uh, um, um, two years back to back. Um, one of the issues that we had here in Hattiesburg prior to COVID was having um, um, the, the players. I mean, it was hard as far as trying to recruit. Um, you know, now as far as what recruitment, it seems like um, it's 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 better there on the coast. We have USM have a lot of prospects that's coming out to our upcoming tryouts. But when COVID came, I mean, it was hard. I mean, we barely could get 22 ladies to play. Of course, with Mississippi Royalty, the most we've had on our roster was about maybe 27 or 28 ladies. But our first year there on the coast, we had probably about 37 to 40 ladies. Um, so after COVID, after we struggled, we just felt like that, you know, there on the coast, it's a much larger area than Hattiesburg. Um, so we just opted just to have all of our future processes there um, in, um, in Gulfport. 
I, I do. I am kind of curious about this. Uh, how exactly does recruiting for a women's tackle league work? What are some of the backgrounds of some of these women that you're recruiting? Where are you well, finding them? Well, actually, it's uh, we're just looking for athletic background. Um, that's what we basically look for. Um, there's individuals there. We have a recruiter now. Um, we have a lot of players coming in that's playing softball, have softball experience, basketball experience. So any type of athletic experience you have, we have coaches that are fundamentally sound where we can turn all of that uh, prior uh, athleticism um, into football. Um, with football, um, our coaches, we pretty much just give the ladies an assignment. We give you that assignment, basically mean your position and our expectations, um, and pretty much they follow through. You know, so um, there on the coast, we have an opportunity. There's a lot of cage fighting that's there on the coast. There are a lot of rugby players that's there. So the recruitment there, it's 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 much easier than what it was here in Hattiesburg. Um, going back to mixing the royalty with uh, the NOLA Hurricanes, I know you're the, you're still the owner, but is it mostly the royalty? Uh, is mostly your staff the royalty, or is it? Mixed with some with the hurricanes, like how do, how is that? Actually, with the uh, New Orleans uh, hurricanes, um, um, again, one of our missions here is empowerment. So they had one of the issues that we struggle with with um, with the Mississippi royalty due to COVID. They struggle with numbers, so we just had it. We just um, w with our organization, we just opted to opted to open up the doors to allow them to come in um, just for that one season. So they're now back in New Orleans, okay? okay. Um, so as far as with our coaching staff, we are fortunate enough to have two of the strongest coaches from Mississippi Royalty. We were able to keep them, and then we also have a strength and conditioning coach. Um, shout out to John McDougal. We have him. Um, and then we're also bringing in four additional coaches. Um, so we're just ecstatic as far as where we're going. Um, there on the coast, um, I say it's the future of Mississippi for women's tackle football because we're now extending it um, for prospects that are 17 years or older. So we have so many, um, so many high school players um, that that hopefully will join this roster, um, and we just look forward to uh, the Gulf Coast Monarchy being the future for women's professional tackle football. As an as an owner, could you just speak to the day to day operations and just maintaining the facilities and where exactly do you? Um, the team play? Does the, the team play? The first operation is prayer. <laughs> uh, because, again, this is not my full-time job. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, it is a full-time job outside of my full-time job. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things is that my faith is strong. Um, so I do have to make sure that before any decisions or before anything that we do, I always pray about everything that, that we do. Um, that as far as day-to-day -day operations, I mean, we I, I have a staff, I have administrators, I have a director of operations, uh, athletic director, so it's all broken up. So everybody has their own section, um, and um, we just pretty much ex execute. It's kind of hard for me to explain what we do because we mm -hmm. do a little bit of everything. Um, but as far as where we played, last year was our first year there on the coast, um, and we were able to, to um, have St. Martin High School. Um, so that was our facility. We lifted weights. We did everything there. So now it's 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 open. Um, so we'll see as far as what the team what the team lands this year. And just how many games did y'all play last year on the coast? Last year, due to COVID, I think um, typically our season is a it's an eight game okay. series. I think last year we played six games, and one game we had to actually cancel due to a hurricane. But usually a regular season, I think it's about eight games. Plus, you also have the playoffs. Um, and again, we're talking about the WFA, the world's the, the world's greatest 
um, a league for women's tackle football. So they have uh, signed a five-year deal with the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. So the championship, it's there. Um, they're in Kenton, Ohio. So we're just ecstatic, man. We're just so ecstatic just to be here at USM, just to talk about this program and this amazing alliance that we're a part of. And um, I know you talked about the opportunities that moving to the coast um, presented for players, getting players and recruiting, but has there been any like economic impacts of going on? Because the Gulf Coast is such an economic hub and with growth happening there, has that been a part of you know, your advertising, marketing team? It has. It has. I mean, you know, as far as with uh, with economic, um, you know, we do bring in revenue that's there from our hotels. Um, last year, I think one of our hotels, uh, it was um, – um, it, I, I don't know. That's not my department. But, mm -hmm. yes, yes, it does grow the um, uh, the community. Yes, it does. And have you gauged interest um, on, on the coast? Like how many fans are coming or um, are y'all trying to – how are y'all trying to get more people in? the stands for y'all what we're doing now um we're here and hopefully we can get into the student prints <laughs> um to where we can con uh, continuously recruit mm -hmm. um but yes i mean we we do uh news media outlets um there we uh, advertise you're talking about advertising you go to our page and just check us out um so we're now um in the virtual world um so that's one of the things that we're fixing to roll out here in the virtual world um, that we are ecstatic, ecstatic about. So it's additional information coming about that virtual world. Okay, though. I was about to say the virtual uh, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. we're, we're, we're now entering into the virtual world. So um, that's the next phase. <laughs> oh, yeah, stay tuned, stay tuned. Now, you owned the Gulf Coast Monarchy for five years. Was Were there any struggles keeping this team going and growing this team, too? I've actually owned the Mississippi Royalty for three oh, mm -hmm. years, and then this is going to be the Gulf Coast Monarchy for two years. Mm -hmm. There's always a struggle. I mean, you know, with uh, with anything you're trying to build, um, it, there's always going to be a struggle um, as far as trying to get the team started. Um, you know, it takes revenue to do that. Mm -hmm. um, as far as trying to come in, trying to get sponsorships, and just trying to let people know who we are. And one of the things as far as uh, uh, with Mississippi, this is something that's new. Women professional tackle football playing football. You know, we're here in the middle of the Bible Belt. So it's a lot of people that really just didn't believe in us. Uh, but one of the things is, is once you purchase that ticket and once you sit in the stands, you're going to see that we play just like just like the men play. So there are struggles. It has its struggles as well as it has its um, its advantages. But we've had more advantages than we than we do struggle struggles. And do you feel like y'all have kind of broken that barrier over the years? We have. Um, we have. Um, we, we're now at the at, at the phase now to like I told you, we're now entering into the virtual world. Um, so that's one of the things now is that we were the pioneers here with the Mississippi Royalty. We were the one one of the first ones that were the Biloxi Hurricanes was there prior to us years back. Um, but as far as in um, in this day and age, the Mississippi Royalty came in. We were the pioneers. Um, so we I feel like we were the ones that kind of made it prevalent. But now we're also going to be the ones to take it into this virtual world. So, Ms. Brown, thank you for all this information. Could you tell our audience when the season starts and when they can expect the monarchy to get I back can, on the field? I can. And, again, I appreciate you guys for this opportunity. Shout out to Heath Hitton. Yes, um, thank you. Shout out to Heath. Heath and, and, and you guys, you just keep up the great work, what, what you're doing. Um, we do have upcoming tryouts that's going to be on November the 13th. That's 2020 at the Croc Center. Um, that's from 11 o'clock a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. I do not have the address, but just type in the Salvation Army Croc Center in Biloxi. We will be there on November the 13th at 11 o'clock sharp. 
Um, we do also invite all of our um, uh, audience to go to our Facebook page to Gulf Coast Monarchy. Um, and then the season will start on April of 2022. Okay. Before we close out, could you show the football off yeah. and what some of the meanings mean? Uh, you got a lot of things written down on the football. Could you talk about that? So here's our football. This is uh, uh, Wilson, which is one of our corporate sponsors that we have. Um, and that's the WFA. That's the Women's Football Alliance. Um, and so this is what we actually had for uh, for one of our um, – uh, empower, empowerment speakers, Miss Ruthie Bolton. She was there. Um, and so some of the team actually signed it. So it's lucky. It's lucky. We take it everywhere we go. But again, remember the Women's Football Alliance, the world's greatest um, women's tackle football league in America. And again, thank you all so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Uh, We're hoping some of that good luck rubs off on us. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. To the top. To yeah. the top. Yeah. So uh, once again, thank you for uh, joining us today. We really appreciate it in your uh, very busy schedule. Yeah, making the drive up here. The drive <laughs> Thank up you. Here, so. My pleasure. Yeah. So uh, once we get back from the break, we will get into our debate section we'll, where we will be talking our move to the Sun Belt Conference for Southern Miss taking place in 2023. So we got some time, but we will get into our debate session for that. Uh, this is the four we are the Four Street Sportsmen. This is the Four Street Sports Show on the Southern Miss Radio. And welcome back to the 4th Street Sports Show with Kobe, Charlie, Charles, and Smooth Oss. And again, thank you to Mr. Tyree Brown for coming here and uh, out of a busy schedule to sit down with us, coming through 4th Street and everything too. But now we move on to our debate section. Yes. And today we had a very big press conference today, right? Yeah. Um, who, who, who wants to get into it? Who wants okay, to well, get first of all, it? let's introduce our, 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 our new guest. Yes, we, we have another yes. guest. Yes. This <laughs> man literally just walked in the building straight from the, the fan expo, basically. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, we have another guest. This, this, since we've known this man and since he signed up, he's been a very busy guy. Um, freshman, Mr. Dima Mixon. Yes, welcome to the show, 4th Street Sports. How you doing? Yeah. Good, good. Doing we, good. We uh, want to know what happened. Y'all were uh, Austin, Charles, and you were at the conference. How did the conference go? Obviously, if you've been living in a cave, so Southern Miss is no longer a part of CUSA, or at least until well, 2023. 2023, yes, yeah. And are now joining the Sun Belt Conference. So how did that conference go? How did that conference go? Anyway. I, I, I thought it went great. I mean, I mean, we got a lot of information that – we did not know beforehand. And some of the things we asked, we still don't really know because they couldn't give us clear answers. Mm. Um, but a lot of things that we needed to know were known. Obviously, the first thing that you just mentioned was 2023. Nobody really knew when this was going to happen. We speculated 2023. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't know if the baseball would be able to be in the Sun Belt in the beginning of 2023. Um, but, but we now know that's not the, the case because in July 1st, 2023, that's the official move. So uh, Southern Miss will still be competing for a Conference USA title in baseball in 2023. Mm -hmm. um, and other than that, uh, a lot of stuff. I know Austin will get into some stuff as well. But, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of things said. So it's a lot of stuff to, like, just kind of mm -hmm. say. But it was a good press conference. Press mm -hmm. conference. Um, you stayed for the fan reception a little bit? I did. I stayed for the whole thing. It wasn't even really – it was literally another press conference because uh. they took uh, they took questions from, from the fans. The athletic director did. Okay. Uh, so who are the big names and the big soups that were there that um, were there for this tremendous event? Yeah, so uh, obviously athletic director Jeremy McLean was there. 
um, and President Dr. Rodney Bennett. And then also they had the Sunbelt Commissioner there, uh, Mr. Keith Gill. Uh, he gave some great insight. Um, he And uh, what a lot of people are wondering was if, if, if they were going to, like, when the talks happened, like when it really mm-hmm. started to be like, all right, we were able to invite Southern Miss to the Sunbelt. And he said it, he was, uh, it was when the Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC um, – news went over they said that, that that's when like some talks but it didn't happen seriously until like this past week mm-hmm. so he said that it was like pretty quick like it was pretty much a, a weak decision which is pretty crazy in my opinion and going back to august when we first started fourth street our first episode was yeah. with mr mclean and we put him on the hot seat we said mr <laughs> mclean what what about this conference realignment because you know that news was just coming out and i'm just gonna say a quote now we can kind of laugh at the yeah. irony he told us we're going to put ourselves in the best position possible to reach our ceiling so whether that's in usa or whether other opportunities arise that could put us in a better situation we just have to take care of our business so that when the time does come, we're ready to take advantage. He left it open, yeah. and like you said, I think things just kind of rolled as this scenario is just, you know, uh, fluid, let's say, and they took advantage. Yes. Because before, before Sunbelt came along, didn't we, like, kind of mention that they would move to American or somebody yes. like that? I mean, what had happened, I'm, if we just look at this timetable of things, uh, just a couple weeks ago, CUSA Commissioner Judy McLeod reached out to AAC to try to see if they could work some partnership. And then AAC was like, nah, we'll just take y'all's teams. (laughs) And so now CUSA is currently left with five teams looking to expand. So I want to talk just y'all's overall thoughts on this move. Um, I described it as us jumping off a ship on a lifeboat, but that lifeboat is going to a vacation destination, right? You have to take a move. So you're kind of, this is your insurance policy, but it's a better policy than what you had before. That's that's my thoughts. Uh, people who are at the meeting, y'all, who want to go first? Uh, well, I guess I will go ahead and speak first. Um, I, I would imagine that there are some people who are down on this move saying, that oh, this is a downgrade. What are we doing? You got to realize that, first of all, regionally, this makes a lot more sense because it means less travel time for our yeah. teams. That's one of the main reasons why they made this move. You got to realize that there are a lot of teams that we have history with that are in this conference, like uh, Lafayette's in this conference, Troy's in this conference, South Alabama's in this conference. Yes, we've been saying South yes. Alabama is Southern South Alabama is our rival, rival now. Look, I, I think that we are going to be able to look forward to yearly amazing competition throughout the future once we make this move um and like 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 charlie said this is a sinking ship everybody's leaving conference usa i feel like it would have been only a matter of time you know because everyone's leaving anyway but yeah i very much look forward to the matchups that we will see from this move yeah and i want to point out something you're talking about like old um, rivalries restored i was telling my dad who, who who's been at southern miss forever my grandfather was the uh uh, director of athletics here for 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 a time, and I just got through interviewing two separate fans. One who actually worked for the Prince fifty years ago, which wow. was insane. It was wow. so it was so lucky that we actually got to interview the person who worked for the Prince. And he said he was saying that like he's. I asked him why he's excited that the Southern Miss is, is moving to the Sun Belt, and he didn't say it was for better football. He just said he was just excited to see Southern Miss play the same teams they were playing twenty years ago, mm-hmm. just Louisiana Lafayette and all these teams, and also that. You could tell that a, a really big part of this um, from Athletic Director Jeremy McLean and President Rodney Bennett was like 
it's 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 better travel for our fans, right? It, we can take buses to the games. With the, we don't have to take all these plane things. We're an hour and a half at the. It, 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 that, that's that's grueling on the players. But now we can just get in the bus, go down to Mobile, and have a great football game. Probably fill the stadium because we're going to have mm-hmm. so many fans there. So I, that's something uh, to definitely look at when we're talking about this. I mean, if you saw South Alabama, we were there. There was, I would safely say, there was more Southern Miss fans <laughs> than South Alabama fans. I'm not discrediting South <laughs> Alabama, but that's just when uh, Southern Miss fans, like you said, can make that trip. They will make that trip. Yeah. Right, right. So right. Sun Belt is um, definitely geographically more centered for Southern Miss, and I think that is one of the biggest. Uh, benefits. Uh, I think the number that Pete Thamel threw out, were y'all able to get a number at the press conference about travel uh, costs? Yeah, he said it was around half a million dollars. Wow. It's going to be saved. And and that's huge. And that's annually. Annually. And that's across all sports, which is huge because that money, I mean, you're considering Southern Miss has an admirable uh, athletic budget, but it's not the top of Sunbelt. It's not even close. And when you can make those cuts, and those that can be allocated somewhere else, and that's really just an improvement you can make on top of everything else that we've said. Yeah. Um, to add on to that, uh, just talking about um, the resources and just um, the amount of refunds and things that we're kind of getting back from Conference mm-hmm. USA with the travels and and uh, things of that matter. Um, President Rodney Bennett pointed out the fact that. Uh, Southern Miss would expand their uh, resources and athletic program to 41 million, which before, correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie, it was around 30 million or something around that. He said the budget? Yeah, the budget oh, would wow. expand then to around not, 41 million. It was around 26, is my number. Yeah, um, he said something around 41 million for uh, Southern Miss's resources. Um, okay, which uh, South Alabama's, if I'm recalling, because I, I, I kind of look at South Alabama as that leading dog of. Uh, mm-hmm. of Sun Belt, because if you see all across the board, they have the most championships. Um, but anyway, their budget um, is around $33 million as of 2019. So it's very exciting. I think some new uh, rivalries are we've, – we've argued that this rivalry has been long existing but not noticed, but there's going to be a lot of, I think, spark. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I think the fans really lost that spark probably 10 years ago when the mm-hmm. last realignment or whatever mm-hmm. happened. And even if you weren't a CUSA fan, imagine seeing Southern Miss versus UTEP, no disrespect, UTEP, on um, whatever uh, stadium or TV contract they had. It's just the interest no longer was there. The fans here were losing interest, too. And this is a move to reignite that interest. Yes. Uh, This is is the direct quote. I don't mean to cut you off, Charlie. But a direct quote from uh, President Rodney Bennett. He said, the Sun Belt's geographic footprint will create new regional regional rivalries and will encourage more visitors to Mississippi, further increasing our athletics program to $41 annually, uh, making an annual uh, economic impact on the state. President Rodney Bennett. That's huge. Yes. So um, my, my thoughts on this, I'm very excited for this. Is I'm actually, I'm actually excited for this as well. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like a downer to see that Conference USA has fallen yeah. this far because I remember Southern Miss in Houston fighting for that CUSA championship, and this is when Case Keenum was <laughs> one of the best college quarterbacks in the nation. In the nation, though, and he's a starting right now. He's a starter for the uh, well, Browns until Baker comes back, but. It, it is crazy. It is well. I wouldn't call it crazy, but it is weird to see that Conference USA, which has been a staple 
in college football. It's falling this far and it's losing this many teams. But like you said, Charlie, a Southern Miss UTEP game doesn't have the attractiveness as a as like a as like a certain SEC game. Even though you could take the worst teams in SEC team and they people will still want to watch that and not watch For a sure. Southern Miss UTEP game. But of course. I actually but th- again, like y'all said, this is very positive because of course you don't have to fly too far. You don't have to drive too far, fly too far. Um, I'm thinking about it now. Southern Miss could be facing Georgia State, and that's an Atlanta game. That's like a seven-hour yeah. ride, and it, it can be. And you can really be back to take that the way through Tuscaloosa and all that. Because the only reason I know is because I'm gonna be in Atlanta this weekend. But, <laughs> but tell tell the people why you're gonna be in yeah. ATL. Kobe. Um, actually, the re- the real reason I'm gonna be. I w- I wish I could lie and say that I'm gonna be for the be there for Game Three of the World oh, Series, man, but man. you're not doing it right. But man. my dad is a Falcons Boo. fan. But my dad is a Falcons fan, and he wants to go see the Atlanta Falcons oh, no, this year. No, so, no, 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 I, I, I know Charlie. I know Charlie. But that we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. You would be but, better off if you're going to Atlanta United game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, very factual. <laughs> but yeah, I want to add something. This book, Rock Solid by John Cox. Um, let me get it in. This book ends on uh, CUSA days. So we're going to need a rock solid 2.0, John Cox. <laughs> this is like the Bible of USM sports books. And now that USM is in Sunbelt Conference, I think we need an updated version. So yeah, we was, add a chapter to the Bible. Yeah, let, let, let's get this updated through the 2021, get the entire CUSA yeah. history. <laughs> the demise of yeah, CUSA. Wait, yeah, wait, oh, Dima. man. Yeah, go ahead. Wait, <laughs> like, just last thoughts, and then I'm going to pass it to you, Dima. No um, uh, we... So this is very a pretty much a positive thing, and like Dima said earlier, I'm actually interested in some of these matchups mm-hmm. and the rivalries because Southern Miss and ULL kind of grew a little rivalry. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a rivalry. That, that yeah. grew yeah. a little rivalry, especially that New Orleans Bowl win, which was a great game. I remember yep. that game too. Um, no disrespect, uh, Southern Miss holds a 600 winning percentage against ULL, so yeah. come get it right. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, I'm very interested to see. Um, now it, it'll be in 2023, so we got some. I think next year, pretty much, and mm-hmm. you, you, like you said, July 1st, 2023 is when it's going to be official. Yeah, Mr. But Mr. Dima here is going to be the only one left in school. We're yeah, we're, we're yeah, going to be graduating. Yeah, pretty much, in, unless I'm yeah, a part hopefully. of the graduate program. But like, <laughs> that's another discussion for another time. But I'm very excited to see what happens there, and I hope that this move again sparks that mm-hmm. interest because it it. This Conference USA, I love Conference USA, Louisiana Tech, all them teams that's in there, but it's kind of becoming stale. And as much as a lot of people disagree with this move to the Sun Belt, um, uh, again, we talked to we talked to a, cu- a couple people who weren't a fan of this move, but it's it's something different. It's to spark new interest now, and I guess we could just say Oslo to the Conference USA until And you know, you you bring up like bringing in a spark. Uh, Rodney Bennett actually did mention that one of uh, one of the things that he feels is exciting about this move is that he feels like he's gonna be able to attract more students to come in. You know, because mm-hmm. he feels like a lot of students are gonna want to be involved with Sun Belt and they're gonna wanna stick around and root for their teams. So um, I remember him specifically saying that. Isn't that right, Dima? Wait, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just want to point out something, because I don't think it's overstated, because I think it's a, such an interesting discussion. You were talking about the 2011 Houston game, yeah. Conference USA Championship. I was there at that game. Wow. I mean, and I was, what was I, nine? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I've, been, I've been to a lot of Southern Miss games. And so Houston was undefeated, and they were ranked number seven in the country. They were talking about 
Case Keenum was a Heisman candidate. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss, yeah. I think they had two losses that year. Mm-hmm. They went in there and destroyed them. You know, and Southern Miss got, got went to the Hawaii Bowl, I believe. Yeah. And I if Houston would have won that game, Houston would have gone to the Sugar Bowl. Like they they were going to a BCS Bowl. Yeah. Um, back then, and then like, it doesn't need to be overstated. Like since then, the Conference USA was like, my gosh, like we could get somebody in the BCS Bowl. Maybe the playoffs were that far down the line. If Houston goes undefeated or Southern Miss goes undefeated, they may have been in uh, in conversation for the playoff. But look at it and where it is now, yes. where yeah. we don't even have anybody. I mean, when was the last time a Conference USA team was even ranked in the in the rankings? Right now. It's been uh, like top and, and top UTEP, top right? UTEP's ranked? To the bottom, no, though. No, I lied. Sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize to all of the uh, UTSA fans. But the Roadrunners. <laughs> I just want to bring this point up, Dima, because you made a solid point. My point would be you talked about Houston, who was in CUSA at the time. Mm-hmm. They eventually went to the AAC. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just look at the vast changes and unpredictable things that happened in the group of five conferences, like no. Houston going from the AAC now to the Big 12. Yeah. My question is, now that um, the AAC added six different Conference USA teams, you know, what the question is, how can the Sun Belt um, kind of expand themselves now? Whoa. Because um, the AAC may be on a downfall, and then my question would be, if the Sun Belt becomes the number one team in the group of five conference level, is that really something that they want? Because it will provide more harm in the future if you look at uh, the advances that power, pow- powerful, you know, powerhouses like Cincinnati, yeah. Memphis, uh, UCF, and Houston established themselves as in the AAC, which was at the time. Two answers: I, Coastal yeah. Carolina, ULL. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I would I would also answer that by saying they cannot look to the future and say, well, we maybe shouldn't do this because hypothetically maybe the Big Ten will take Southern Miss. Yeah. They can't think yeah, that they way that right yeah. now. They, they have to think in the present, yeah. and they have to find out a way to win this conference realignment. Yeah. And uh, we all wrote it, wrote about it in, in an article we published, and all of us said that we think that the Sun Belt won this alignment war. Now, the AAC right now versus the Sun Belt, I would argue that the Sun Belt would probably be the better conference right now. I, I can't I, argue in, that until we see for the upcoming season. For sure, That's but the only yeah. thing after, the, so, after yeah, all yeah. these teams move, if you look at the teams mm-hmm. where they are at this point, um, it would seem that possibly, yeah. potentially, they, yeah. that it would be. And back, yeah. and back to your point, uh, also when with the Conference USA Championship, I think the realignment definitely hurt the Conference USA, especially yeah. when Houston left, mm-hmm. when Memphis right. left, when Tulane, Cincinnati, a lot of teams from that conference left and went on to bigger and greater pastures. Even though some have kind of not been good as yes. as Houston, but. And I think, but and going back to this point, I think Sun Belt could actually win because last year during this COVID season, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of the Sun Belt on last year. Like we, yes. Co- Coastal Carolina, yep. three teams. Coastal, out of yeah. the Sun Belt defeated three Big Twelve teams. Right, Coastal Carolina, ULL. That I remember that was the game that everybody wanted uh, to yeah, see yeah, last year, but yeah. COVID stopped the championship game. But yeah. I think that the Sun Belt can build off this and actually. Even though I know people, they're not showing as many games as they were last year because all those big conferences are back. But I think they could build off this because if Coastal Carolina, even though they lost this year, they're still ranked. Um, and you still got teams that are hungry. And I think Southern Miss, I think Southern Miss and a lot of teams that are joining this, they're going to be very interested in yes. seeing what happens. I think um, I'm just going to speak on this, mm-hmm. you know. I'm just speaking for ourselves. This is a, a once-in-a-lifetime ordeal for us just to be able to cover 
something like yeah. this. Yeah. I, I want yeah. a student prints and forestry sports. Uh, you coming in, Dima, as a freshman, <laughs> getting all this yeah. experience yeah. is amazing. Uh, but I'm going to throw a wrench in it a little bit. I got to mm. play devil. Somebody has to play devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I'm well, saying this is. This is the debate segment, right? Yeah, it, is, <laughs> it, is, it is. This is my only statement. The Sun Belt, I, I, we will have to see. Um, my guess is that the Sun Belt will become the uh, powerhouse of the Group of Five level um, mm-hmm. in, in uh, NCAA FES. Um, but I'm just thinking long term. How much does that hurt you mm. in the end? Like like Charlie threw out Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, you know, ULL. How much does this hurt you? Because those teams could become the powerhouse of this conference. Well, and who's to say they won't leave for a big, uh, you know what I'm saying, the power five. I'm conference. saying look look at the other sports, though, and this is something that's been pointed out to us, is the competition in a lot of other sports was actually tighter or appears tighter yes. in the CUSA than it actually might be in the Sun Belt. And yes. the first team we think of is uh, baseball. Right. I mean, CUSA was a powerhouse conference in baseball last Those year and for the last couple of years yeah Lots so ironically though southern miss lost all three of its games against yeah. south alabama last year but i mean you look at uh volleyball soccer lots of the top teams are actually in conference mm-hmm. usa and they're moving on to the aac so i mean it was kind of like what we've been saying they just had to make a move right or they would get left behind, and I think that's something they learned from the past two realignments. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I don't really think you can think like that right now, like Dima was saying. Um, I think it's just you look at – you can actually make yourself more competitive. You can actually put yourself in a better position with that experience against those teams, those top yeah. teams in the Conference USA and programs because it's not just football. Even though football rules everything, yeah, there's 17 programs at Southern Miss, and I think this puts them in a lot of uh, better position to right. get at you, the top. Uh, Go uh, ahead, and that's yeah. the thing that what President Bennett said today. Th- this is not. This is a move to put the the university in a better position for students athletes. Yeah. Right. So they're not sitting there thinking, well, in football, hypothetically, if this person left and this person left, they're thinking, what is the best thing for our student athletes? And it goes into a lot with travel. It goes into a lot with this conference. That's what they're thinking about right now. Because I think we, we think about this in a football aspect, which we should because it is important to the South. Um, but, but like Charlie said, we have to think of the other sports too. We have to think of everything that's going on here. Um, so I think that's an important point to point out that like the, the move to the Sun Belt is for the student athletes and a better to put them in a better position. Yeah. And, and with this move, uh, uh, this means that uh, and, and UAB is included in this discussion. There are now no more original members of Conference USA wow. with the conference. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just happen to find things like this yeah. fascinating. I like R- tenure stuff. R.I.P. Charles yeah. with the facts. Yeah. yeah. So but, great. that's yeah. a great point to end on. I'm def- I will definitely be interested in them USM, ULL games. And also, Charlie, U- USM versus UNO. I'm talking the New Orleans private, the University of New Orleans with the privateers and all, because they're actually a part of the Sun Belt. They just don't have a football team. Oh, you know? that is right. Yeah, what that the, is oh, true. volleyball, yeah, volleyball, yeah. Baseball, baseball, volleyball, basketball. I was gonna say they also really they have a really good basketball program as well because yeah. they make it to the dance a good uh, a good bit. Yeah, so, so I look forward to those. Point. I look yeah. forward so to I'm those actually, games as well. I did not even know that. Yeah, so I'm actually. Oh, you don't fill out March Madness brackets, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, man, shoot, you and I, you and I are linking up in March. All right, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dima, thank you for stopping Absolutely. by and discussing this. And with don't us. Oh, yeah. don't forget to check the student prints. Uh, we're gonna get to work on that article. It's gonna be out by tonight. Yeah. Oh, also watch Southern Miss TV too as well, because our guy Dima here is an anchor <laughs> on that yeah. show. Yeah, so, tomorrow so Southern uh, Miss we're filming it. 
it'll be available next Monday. Yeah, it will next Friday. Also, I just want to drop one more gem just for the fans and just yeah. leave it out there. It will be interesting to see how uh, media outlets play this, ESPN specifically. Mm-hmm. We could see more Southern Miss games, Southern Miss football playing on weekdays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With sure ESPN Thursday games, like I think you yes. could get more students in. The big yes. question is, Will students stay after halftime? I mean, that's probably not. Probably not because we we're winning. That's Man, where we most better. homework is. We be- y'all, Thursday. y'all, we got some good football coming up <laughs> next yeah. or in 2023. Y'all better stick around for it. Definitely that's all I'm saying. Definitely stick around this for it. The whole strategy. That's what the move for right, some right. students. <laughs> right, right, right. Students yeah. to right. But Dima, thank you for joining us, man. And providing all that to also come back whenever, whenever you want, whenever you want, bro. So we we definitely want to have you back. But um. After this quick break, because, again, we, we went over, but what else is new? So, yeah. <laughs> But uh, when we come back, we will be giving our flowers to our current and former Southern Miss athletes. So after the break, uh, we will be doing that. So this is the 4th Street Sports Show, Southern Miss Radio. And welcome back to the 4th Street Sports Show. Of course, this is our... Uh, segment where we give our flowers to the current and former Southern Miss athletes who have received honors during the week. And we, for our Fourth Street Player of the Week, we had a very unusual winner this week. So, Charlie, you want to get into that? I mean, we got to congratulate the man himself for mm-hmm. making this move happen, right? Uh, we did it as kind of a joke, but also we wanted to give some respect <laughs> to Director of Athletics, Jeremy McLean. He won yeah. the popular vote by, I believe, almost 80% <laughs> for our Player of the Week award. <laughs> Let's not forget President Rodney Bennett. Yes, also. Okay. Is, okay, yeah. All, all, yeah. all the people that made this move happen, uh, the fans are happy about that. I've seen it in the poll. But, of course, all we of can't hand our well, award to a non-player, so yeah. it's an honorary type of award. Oh, our real... 4th Street Player of the Week award goes to senior Alisi Campos for scoring both of those goals and Southern Miss Soccer's win against UTEP, keeping the Golden Eagles at the top of the division. Uh, just congrats to the whole team also. Yes. Yeah. Also, Alisi Campos was honored as Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week as well. So, um, and also, Campos is currently ranked number 20 in the NCAA for shot accuracy with a six six hundred thirty three clip. That's how that's how I read it earlier. Dang. Oh my goodness, six hundred thirty three um, shooting He's accuracy. Really killing it, that right I, now. bro. That 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 team is doing big things right now. Shout out to Coach Mo, PG, yeah. um, Samantha, all the ladies, er, all the ladies, pretty much everybody. Yeah, over we're there, we're man. ready. Tell them, Charlie. We're pretty ready. much. We no, no, ready. no. Wholehearted. Let's uh-huh. go. Uh-huh. So. Um, <laughs> shout out to the soccer team and shout out to Lisi uh, for winning that. Also, we have our 2021 M Club Hall of Fame inductees. Our induct they were uh, I read it last night. Our inductees are Austin David, quarterback Austin Davis, who was uh, part of the football team from 2008 to 2011. Latrell Pollard, who was on the football team from 1994 to 1997. Trey Sutton, who was on the baseball team from 2005 to 2008, Gerald McRafe. I hope I'm saying his name right. Might be McRaff. 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 Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Gerald yeah, McRaff, yeah. From the fo- who was on the football team from 05 to 2008, 
and Chad Williams, who was on the football team from 1998 to 2001. So congratulations to all the 2021 M Club Hall of Fame inductees. I have a question. Does this mean that all the football inductees are going to get Eagle Walk uh, banners? No. What do you mean? No, but we I, that is something we're, we we got to find out. You know, that, that hasn't yeah. been updated in a bit, and I feel like some guys like Ido and maybe oh, Nick yeah. could be put up on there. Oh, yeah. Oh, they will. They will. Yeah. They definitely will. Give them the time. They definitely will. It, it definitely, since Nick is the holder of pretty much all the passing yeah, stats definitely. and records and all that. So that was um our flower segment. And now it is our time to say goodbye, but not farewell. We will be here next week at Tuesday, 5 o'clock p.m. We would like to thank, um, of course, we would like to thank our guest, Dima Mixon, and uh, owner of the Miss uh, the Gulf, Co- Gulf Coast Monarchy, Miss Tyree Brown, um, for stopping through Fourth Street today. Um, so, also, if you missed the pod, uh, if you missed the episode today, the podcast will be up later. Um, if not later in the night tomorrow, then it will be up. Um, also, our interview with Mia Wesley will be up too. Will be up to on the podcast yes. as well. And and if you can't quite do it there, we will be broadcasting on the air on Southern Miss today mm-hmm. Southern tomorrow. Miss. Yeah. So. So there um, you go. So also, so of course, um, that will be up. Also, f- subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Please. We have episode eight and episode nine. And this and this episode will be up later too as well. So eight sub- and nine are like my favorite numbers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so like and so like, subscribe, have that notification bell on. I always wanted to say that because I've always seen my favorite YouTubers say that. <laughs> can, so can, have, can we hit one thousand likes? Definitely, definitely <laughs> hit those likes too. Also, um, of course, uh, vote for our Fourth Street Player of the Week uh, with Every on Twitter. Monday and Tuesday. So and yeah, thank def- you for the support, y'all. Definitely, definitely for the support. So follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook Live. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for tuning in. Always tune in every Friday at five, and not only Facebook Live, eighty-eight five, SouthernMissRadio.com, the Tune In Radio app. Um, so, yeah, um, thank y'all um, for the support and everything. O two. So, we're signing off. My name is Kobe. My name is Charles. My name is Charlie, not Charles. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> And smooth off. We are the Four Street Sportsmen. This is the Four Street Sports Show. We thank y'all for joining us. This is Southern Miss Radio. Peace and love, everyone. Enjoy y'all. We're Sunbelt now. What? <laughs> We're a series, baby. I'm 